community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Lek Dog and I am joined by some very, very, very special guests today and they're almost as special as the intro music you're hearing. Thank you, Teller Beats. Go and follow me on Instagram, Teller underscore Beats. Uh, first of all, we have my better half, the man who keeps me going through the tough times, Patch. It's brilliant to see you again, my friend. Oh, Lake Dog, it is a pleasure to see you and to hear your voice again for the last time this year. It's grand final week. Are you up and about, son? Mate, I'm up and about. The Blues coming off a win. We're very happy. The, the crazy period's about to start, and that's my favourite time of year. But, Patch, we gotta already we got to push on. We're already running out of time because we've got to introduce everyone else. We've got Foz Daddy, you magnificent human being. How are you? Hey, Lake, thanks for having me again. I'm excited to be here. Oh, mate, we are so excited to have you here. How has your season been? Sum it up in one sentence. It's not enough trades, is probably the way I'd put it. Okay, and we're also joined by our man at West, Damo. Oh, God, it's it's good to hear your succulent voice. My season's over. What am I doing here? Uh, we like to have a bit of Perth action. We like to have every corner of the globe covered we've got perth we've got melbourne we've got adelaide and we've got orange it's great Baza, you're the man from south australia how are you i'm okay mate how are you oh man we're, we're just fantastic we're, we're raring to go all right talk to me baz adelaide how are they going what do you think that picks can end up being would you do the trade again mate uh it's probably going to be pick seven back to you guys i reckon and i like hearing that Depending on what we do with pick three, I'll hold off for now. If they do something like, you know, pick three and they swap it for two other picks, then the whole thing seems completely pointless to me. Like, why would you even have bothered doing that? But we'll wait and see what happens with it. Oh, it's almost silly season. It's almost Kinigli Og season. And I'm excited. Patch, we got a mess of stuff to get through. It's, we got to sum up the season. We got to talk about players to bring in. We got to tell the community what's going to be happening on the website for the rest of the year. There's so much to get through. And I think, Patch, you should start it off because I'm too excited and you seem like a calm and cool, collected man. Oh, I've got ice running through my veins, obviously. It's a thing that everyone always says about me. I don't panic all the time. Um, but, all right, while, while we've still got people here jumping around and listening, uh, who are in grand finals, they, they want to win their grand finals. That's what they want to do. That's what we all want to do. But if you've got any trades left, most people won't have trades. I don't have trades. I can't imagine there'll be too many people here this evening who will have trades left. But if you've got one or two up your sleeve, now is the time to pull a good old sneaky on your mate or on, on your, your friend from the office, your friend from the schoolyard. This is where you just get nasty and trade out someone who's been doing really poorly, um, someone that everyone's got, someone your opponent's got, and bring someone sneaky in. So um, in the theme of Mickey Arthur, I've asked everyone to do some homework um, in preparation of this pod. One person, one popular player to trade out of your team, and one pod to bring in in their place. We'll start out west and work our way east. Damo, who have you got in the gun this week? 
I think Jake Lloyd should be traded to Nick Vloston. Ooh, all right. Talk me through Lloyd to start with. Everyone, most people have him. He's been garbage. Talk, talk me through what's been happening there. Is is he is he dead and buried to us? He's got. He's had a role change. So most of his scores have been between eighty five and eighty nine, which is which isn't terrible by any means. But it's just not what we're looking for from someone who we paid six hundred grand for at the beginning of the year. Um, and Nick Vloston won't score any worse than Jake Lloyd this week. So it, the punt is a fairly safe one to take. Um, Nick Vloston's only owned by 1.5%, um, has a five-round average of 95 and a three-round average of 96, and has scored 97 and 103 in the last two weeks. So he's got a good run on at the moment. Um, he's also been averaging just under one point per game since round 15. Just just the one point per game? One point per one minute. One point per minute, I mean. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, good. If it was one point per game, that would be early stages of Noah Bolter um, in terms of score. Um, Brisbane this week, you think he'll he'll get a lot of ball rebound to rebound out of that back line? Is that he he will get lots of opportunities to mop that ball up and send it the other direction? Lovely, Baron, uh, heading to Adelaide now. Who is in your firing line this week? I'm doing a Brisbane player for a Brisbane player, so we would trade out. Lockie Neal, who's owned by 55% of all teams, the fourth most owned player in Supercoach. And we're trading and tr- in Jared Lyons, who only has a 1.2% ownership, a current five-round average of 128.4 points, which makes him the sixth best player in Supercoach over the last five weeks. That is a very, very big call. Have you seen what have what have you seen from Lockie Neal to make him want to be flicked out of your side? He just seems to be getting a lot more attention paid to him, so it's let um Lions get a bit more room to be the uh, main contested ball winner there. And Lions always has the advantage too, he can sneak forward and kick a couple of goals, which um always helps uh Padger scores a little bit as well. Yeah, I, I do really, really like that move. Lions has been a, in ridiculously good form over the past, you know, basically since their buy. 112, 130, 50, 139, 165, 108, 86, 142, and 141 in that time is a rip-roaring run of form. Fosdaddy, talk to me. Yeah, so if I'm going to trade out anyone, I'd probably be Rory Sloan. He just hasn't been in great form since he... Got injured a few weeks ago, averaging under the 100 over the last month or so with just one ton in his last five weeks. So I'd probably look to get rid of him first. Um, one bloke you can trade in and Go on, say um, it. as many would know, like Warples again yeah. out, only needs 76 points to to get this bet up, for this bet to get up, mate. Not sure what we're referring to here, actually. Um, I don't think there's any bets we made several weeks ago about Warpedo at all, and I think it's time to move on from the discussion. Uh, someone's going to need to pull the audio from a couple of weeks ago, but the bet was a Warpedo tattoo if he averages 115 for the last three weeks. And he's come out with a massive fortnight of footy to average 134.5. Uh, it's a huge game this week. We really need to win to make finals, and you couldn't ask for a bigger game against the Eagles. I reckon he'll stand up for the Hawks, and he'll bring us home into September and you know, wreak some more havoc for another three or four weeks to walk us through to a premiership and win himself a Norman Smith as well. What, what do you reckon he'll score this week? Is he is he a viable captaincy option this week? Do you, oh, you think almost? 
He's a smoky for the captaincy. I wouldn't... If you could loophole him, I'd try it. But I I guess I'll just wait and see what Damo's got to say about it in his captain's article. He's been in incredible form thanks to Lechdog, who who just uh, Murphy's Law reverse jinxed him a little while ago when he definitely didn't make that bet. That definitely didn't happen. Lechdog, who is in your firing line and why is it Patrick Cripps? (laughs) You really took the heat out of it. it yes, correct. Um, <laughs> it is Patrick Cripps. Um, Wait, it is actually Patrick Cripps. Yeah, yeah, we'll okay? go with Patrick Cripps. Look, are you are you okay? Why? This a, what? Uh, look, this is a man who scored 152 just four weeks ago. He scored 134 just two weeks ago, but unfortunately, he's copied a lot of attention. He's literally getting two players tagging him at once. My, they played Geelong this week down in Geelong. Um, he was sick on Saturday. He had a uh, an ear infection. He was in hospital all morning. If I knew that beforehand, I wouldn't have put the captaincy on him. But anyway, that's another another point for another question, another time. Um, so he was almost laid out, almost missed his hundredth game. He was sick. Um, I just don't feel like he's going to go bang if he even plays. I think he'll will himself to play in the last game. But you know, I don't know what Geelong do these days. I don't know if Scott Selwood still plays and tags him. But if they give him any sort of attention, and it's been a long year, I just feel like he's going to maybe drop another. Look, he's not going to go. Uh, I don't think he's going to drop an eighty, but I think he's not going to drop anything above sort of a hundred and five ish. So I would be looking to move him on, and because. Let's team with the theme. Here's the player I'm thinking of trading him to. Um, there's two suggestions here. One if you have cash, one if you don't have cash. If you do have cash, Dion Prestia is a nice little upgrade option for the last game of the season. 571k, Dion Prestia has been dominating. Um, Three-round average of 121, five-round average of 117. Pumped out of 124, was one of the best on in that huge game on the weekend. Um they came come up against Brisbane. He's going to go large again. I think he's going to give you sort of a a one twenty five plus score. Um, and if you don't have any cash to go up, a uh, teammate of Patrick Cripps, Ed Kerno, um, is one that I would be looking at. Uh, he's been playing very well of late, as we know. One hundred and twenty two over the last three, one hundred and twelve over the last five. Um, 125 on the weekend and 148 the week before against Richmond. I think he's going to have a huge role running with, uh, well, I mean, take your pick of who he runs with, but he's able to find his own ball, get a lot of tackles. So I think I think he'll pump out a, a pretty decent score. He's averaging, um, well, since effectively, since the Melbourne game, he's averaging about a billion tackles a game. So he's just in oh, a rich that's... vein of form. I'm no numbers expert, but a billion is is a large number, correct? It's like like up from a million. Is that 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 it's, one? I think it's between a million and a, and um, a Google. Is a Google more or less than a squillion? I can never remember. Uh, let's move on. Maths has never been our strong suit. <laughs> it's not. Um, James Sicily is the most popular traded out player. Um, so far this round, I believe, according to the numbers in front of me from Supercoach Gold, um, and most people are trading him to Basha Hooley, who's coming off a 145-ish. Yeah, we'll go with 145 because that number's disappeared. That's what it was. Um, I reckon instead you could trade him to Nick Haynes. Oh, I was about to say that, Patch, you beautiful son of a bitch. Oh, what's, that, what's that thing about great minds thinking alike or something? Great or minds other? stink together. That they that's, that's what, what good, good minds do. do. 
<laughs> um, Nick Haynes scored 116 on the weekend. Has been a veritable rock in the sinking ship that is GWS. Um, they've had plenty of ball into that back line over the past few weeks, and especially the past two second halves. They've had 116 this weekend, as I mentioned, 105 before that, 109 the week before that. Might not get as much footy going back there against Gold Coast, but I reckon in is in 1,275 teams, I still reckon Haynes is going to score more than Sicily. Agreed. Lovely. Now, Baron, we had one question in. I'm going to direct it to you Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like you are the most knowledgeable in this particular um, this particular area. Matt Crouch. Mm -hmm. Matt. Matt Crouch. Matt. Matt Crouch. Matt Crouch. Do we do we flick him? Is he bad? Is he in the never again basket? Why is he so bad? What do we do? I don't think he's in the never again basket. But um, the way the Crows are playing at the moment, it's a lot of nothing possessions. It's sideways, it's backwards, it's side, back. So you're not getting bang for your buck in his touches. So he might get 40 touches, but you'll find he probably only have like... 150, 200 metres gained off those touches. So they're cheap, uncontested. They're not worth anything. He's not getting inside and, you know, getting contested possessions. So I would flick him out at this point, but I probably wouldn't start with him next year. But I think he could be a good player again. But, yeah, he's just on the nose at the moment. And the the, the same crouch, but... W- being mislabeled as Brad, if you've got him under that that weird Herald Sun glitch where they've listed Crouch twice, would you trade out the the one called Brad that's offering the same putrid sort of stats? Probably at the moment, yeah. Um, against the Bulldogs, I don't think either of them are going to get... I don't think anyone at the Crows is going to get near the ball next week. So they are looking like they're going to have a good 60, 70-point loss at this stage. So... I wouldn't be super keen on starting anyone from Adelaide at the moment. I think that is a good call. Um, Damo, Tobias Green has been the other um, bastion on the sinking ship that is the Giants. Is he is he someone you'd look at trading in this week if you're desperate? No. Since Josh Kelly's returned, he hasn't really been playing in the midfield anymore. I like this answer, but the the caveat to that, or the to play devil's avocado, if you will, um, they've got Gold Coast this week, and if he sits forward, he could kick six. Do you reckon he's he's worth a punt? I I wouldn't ever pick Toby Green ever, just because I don't like the guy. But oh um, if you're wanting to win your grand final, then you could take a punt, I guess. Foz, Daddy, you, speaking of forwards um, for the Giants, um, Jeremy Cameron, if he's named, he's got a Coleman to win. Do you trade him in? I'll tell you what, if Jared Ruffhead can kick six goals with a healthy supply uh, from Hawthorne's midfielders, Jeremy Cameron can kick at least 15 um, with GWS feeding a day's throat. Like, you got Toby Green up in through the midfield, you got Josh Kelly, Tim Taranto, Jacob Hopper, um, the midfield quality is great and you're coming up against Gold Coast in a seat in a match that doesn't really matter for them and Jeremy Cameron can easily slot a few goals there so I prefer him over you know someone like Toby Green since he's still a chance to win the Coleman medal and they're going to look out for him 
a little bit more than Green. Uh, three matches against uh, Gold Coast, or his last three, he scored 168, 108, and 143. And they're in matches where he wasn't, you know, gunning for the Coleman medal. So I reckon that's going to be a huge factor for this week. Fair enough. Now, Dog, we saw Max Gorn go down on Friday night. He set out the last 10 minutes of the game with a, a twinged hammy, it looked like. It, um, now, they're not sure if he's going to get up, but even if he does, Todd Goldstein, um, favourite of ours on the podcast, scored 176 points on the weekend and had 30 touches running rampant and doing as he would, um, whatever he wanted. Um, do you reckon you'd trade Gorn to, to Goldstein? Obviously, North Melbourne and Melbourne playing this week, does that which would make it a bit more interesting. What are your thoughts on that situation? If you've got a trade and you've got 50k in the bank, would you would you flick Maxi Gorn for Goldstein? Well, that's that's interesting, Patch. You actually only need uh, $29,000 to get it done. Um, oh, so Goldie coming on this podcast. Off, <laughs> Goldie coming again. off a huge 176. Uh, he's averaged 114 for the year. He's played an extra game over Gorn, um, but he's still behind him in points. I don't know that Max Gorn's hammy was hurt so much as his pride was hurt uh, because he dominated that game despite, you know, he dominated the hitouts. Melbourne couldn't get a clearance to save their lives. He just I think he just wanted a rest. I think he was just sick of being out there, being booed, and I think he just wanted, wanted to sit down. I, I, I really think it's like... It's kind of like when I've seen you play a patch and you've gone for the hammy after missing a set shot. It's like... It's not a real hammy. I think he's just... His pride's a little hurt. Um... Let's say it I, is... I would never. How <laughs> dare. How very dare. I'm a defender. We don't have set shots from the back line. If he plays, you back him in. If he doesn't get come up, uh, a trade to Goldie is, is easy done. And if you don't have any cash, then you just pick the next best bloke, which is maybe like a Jared Witts um, off the top of my head. He's probably look something at a, you'd, you'd look, look at, at bringing in. Steph Martin coming off a 129 up against Richmond would almost uh, yeah. be my bet. Matthew Cruiser at one at four eighty one k against Geelong, who God knows what they're doing with their ruck situation. Yeah, Matty Cruiser is an interesting one. I just I don't know if you 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 trust him in your last game, particularly if you're in a grand final. Um, yeah, I'd be wanting to look at a, a Goldie, a Grundy, a Gorn, or or a Wits. Um, I'm not ri- risking my my grand final on Matty Cruiser getting up uh, down at the uh, down at GMHBA Grievous Bodily Harm Stadium. I um one thing patch I'd wanted to cover off I uh I've had enough I'm a little upset and I'm really pissed off actually at all the AFL coaches um a few AFL coaches uh, in particular yeah. Don't um get us started GWS Sydney Collingwood Geelong Essendon Melbourne Gold Coast Hawthorne these teams have all played rookies <laughs> with like uh. two weeks ago what are you doing what? Stop it. Why is Brandon Zerk Thatcher playing in round 22? Just well, ice in, him in, for another two games. Uh, Bring him in next year, please. Uh, in Zerk Thatcher's defence, he was a late-in for Kale Hooker, but it's just a, some of these, like, bring in Zach Sproul from the Giants. Why? Do, please, our Supercoach sides need him next year. Why Why does they keep doing this? Just knocking my microphone in anger. Oh. It doesn't make sense. Hey, Cade Chandler, I know you're a mid-season pickup, but just... Save him till next. Save him till next next season. Or I don't know if he was a mid-season pickup, but he was something. 
He's some sort of weird rookie, cat B rookie or something. Just just give him a break. Give him a break. Um, Damo, speak... Oh, sorry, like, I'll just cut you off because I feel like you're just getting slightly too invested and too too angry when when you're ready to go again. Pipe up. Um, but but Damo, we'll throw out West, considering it is the last podcast of the year, um, and anyone who's who's made a grand final is obviously more qualified than we are, um, and doesn't really need our unsolicited advice. Looking back at the year, as you know, someone who had a, a bit of a, a rough trot throughout the year, um, what, what do you reckon? What have you learned from from twenty nineteen? Don't get sucked into players' form if they don't have the history of holding it together. All right. Who, who are you directing? Who, who are you subtweeting here? Basically? Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. Everyone, everyone has a story about Jeremy Cameron, but, but just sort of generally who, yeah. Can you talk, talk to me more about this? What's, what's your plan to combat that next year? I just don't pick key forwards. Short, simple, sweet. I like it. Um, anything else you, you're looking to carry forward next year? Don't pick Tom Rockliffe. Yes, I feel like that should be, basically be one of the Ten Commandments. Um, Even if he comes out and scores 180 in rounds one and two, I will not be doing a corrective trade to Tom Rockliffe. Uh, if he does that, I will be doing one, but I will be hating myself for it. And then in three weeks' time, when he's out concussed after scoring 30, I will be distraught and devastated and it'll be the worst um baron talk to me about something slightly happier what did you learn this year well i'm afraid i don't have much uh, happier news for you um what i learned is to try and make my timing better on when i get rid of players who aren't performing so last year as soon first sign of a player not performing i chucked them out and they would inevitably turn it around and make me look like an ass. This year, I held on to guys like Brayshaw thinking, oh, they'll turn it around, they'll turn it around. And they never did and made me look like an ass. Yeah, Brayshaw did that to a lot of people this he did. year. And a lot of, he, he was possibly the, the most disappointing pick of the year you, from looking at players people started and expected to go to that next level. He looked so good um, at the end of last year. You just saw, oh, this kid's going to be a star. You'd, you'd look at him playing this year and you'd, you'd be shocked to think that, oh, this is a this is a bloke that came third in the yeah. ground low after polling in 14 games or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, so if you, if you had your time again, at what point do you reckon you'd flick him roughly? Um probably would have looked to flick him by around seven or eight. That was after he put in like one, two, three, four games under 100. Yeah, is that the... What was the warning sign there that that you can look back now with hindsight and think, okay, that's the point where he became someone that I didn't want in my side? Where is there, is there a click that you can use to identify next year when you pick someone up and go, oh, you know, this player's doing badly, at what point, what, what's your, your trigger now to, to flick someone that you've you've learned from the Brayshaw experience? Probably when you score like 60 against the Gold Coast, you should probably go, well, that's a bit of a worry. Um, by that point, he'd been a month, I think, without scoring over 100. So 
Um, I think if you're playing bad opposition and you can't score still, that should be a warning sign. Fair enough. I think that's a, a nice, easy one to pick up as well, which I quite like because I'm not good at picking up detailed role changes when there are nine games on all at the same time because the AFL doesn't know how to schedule things. Is that um, is, is that the, the big one for you this year that you sort of want to, to impart on the community? Uh, yeah, that, that would be the, the, the big one for me this year, I think. And, and while we've got you, you've been putting up some uh, fantastic, wonderful... Um, articles looking ahead to next year um, who at this early stage for for those that are still you know been in the trenches and, and fighting for finals and haven't had the chance to look forward to 2020 this year in your, your quick 25 words or less who or what are you looking for next year at this early stage well I'm, I'm, I'm glad um, Lec had a little bit of a rant on my behalf because I'm putting in all this work for all these guys we should look at next year and boop, off the list, off the list, off the list. So um, next year there's, um, I think, GWS are going to be one to look at with a few blokes like uh, Aiden Bonner, Nick Shipley, uh, Matthew Flynn. Uh, those ones have my eyes at the moment. I'm big on Matthew Flynn. Yeah. I'm big on him. Yep, especially with the workhorse Dawson Simpson stepping down this year. I think the Giants, as always, will be a, a rich tapping for fantasy coaches. And you, you've got that. That one's up. It's on the website. Community, go have a gander at it, especially if you're, you're out of a grand final and you need something to, to keep you going, keep you sparked. Um, you know, what, while you're waiting for, for the new lockout to start. Radio, so Lechdog, I'm going to throw to you. Um, very, very quickly, what have you learned this year about Supercoach that you'd, that's been rammed home? I know you, you've got many seasons under your belt now. You you know what you're doing. Is, is there anything that can surprise you still? What what did you get wrong this year? Well, I mean, there's a couple obvious ones I got wrong with my starting selections. I had Dunkley. He was underperforming. I flipped him for, uh, I can't even remember who, an, another midfielder or something like that. Never um, obviously, forget. I should have kept him, being the fifth-ranked Supercoach player um, this year. I started. You know Actually, I, I quite like the fact that you keep consistently ditching one of the top six forwards every year in round three. <laughs> it makes him really easy to identify. Yeah. And well, I really okay. appreciate that, that valuable <laughs> the, service you provide to the for community. For the sake of the community, I'll continue to do that. I think, you know, I ignored... Um, Cade Simpson's output at the start of the year, I thought Nick Newman would um, benefit him. It didn't happen till late in the season. Uh, but no, the number one is, and I've said this a few times, it's just nailing the rookies because if you get them wrong, I missed so much cash generation by just not having the right rookies and, and not jumping on the ones because you don't want to be like reactive and go, oh, the rookie scored a 70 in his first game. But... If you actually go back and watch what watch how they play and see if they fit into a role, like I missed a lot of the the Richmond guys, I missed Sam Walsh, um, and I still maintain that that was an okay thing to do because 200k rookies rarely work. This one obviously did. Um, yeah, so it's just getting those rookies right. Really, if if I'd fixed my got if I had traded in the correct rookies and not started with the wrong ones, um, your Dara Joyce's etc. I would have been in a much better place because uh, I lost so much cash generation. I never had a chance to catch up, um, but that's fine. We have a bit of fun. I got to trade in. Season went to a point where I got to start trading in just meme people for the for the podcast, so that's good. It's good for footy. 
Yeah, it's always wonderful when you can just you know it's that trash that you may as well just start more fires to to have fun. Um, but yeah, I think there yeah rookies like Sydney Stack, um, Riley O'Brien, um, you know these rookies you just sort of had to have, and even when it it wasn't necessarily obvious, just looking at the the stats, especially with Sydney Stack. I remember I was sitting there looking at his first two games and then on, on this podcast said, oh, I'm not sure he's, he's cut out for it. Maybe let's go for a Jack Ross. And while Ross was still pretty good and you can't predict those injuries, Stack was absolutely essential, not just from a cash generation point of view, but also from scoring lots and lots of points. Um, but yeah, sort of looking, we'll ask very briefly about the forward rookies um, because they're, they always give us trouble and a lot of us went on the bolter um, for a round one spot, um, considering he was sort of all that was named. Um, do we look at, you know, is it worth holding off on someone like a Noah Bolter who, I, don't, I still don't know how he turned that form around to become the next Patrick Dangerfield, but there was a really real chance that he'd just be like Chris Burgess and be awful all year. Do, you, do we look at holding off on those, especially those key position guys up forward and hold for someone who will play in round sort of three or four? Yeah, look, I well, here, here's the thing. Yes, we should avoid key position players, but we can only take what we've got. I think you'd, I think you're better off having them there scoring, um, even if they're not scoring much, than not having them at all. Noah Bolter ended up uh, being able to... T- he was still in my team in round nine when he scored 101, and I had him... I, I uh, loopholed his score. Like, they can turn. I'd rather have players in there scoring even if they're not generating too much cash rather than no one at all that what we sh- what we should have done in hindsight what I should have done in hindsight is cut him much sooner than I did but you know I had already missed those other rookies so w- was putting out spot fires um, I'm still pro having as many rookies in your team playing in round one as possible because you never know what's going to happen uh, Marty Hoare didn't play round one obviously he ended up being a very good selection but you know he could have just as easily only played one or two games and been done for the year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pro just filling out that roster with playing players as many as possible. Yep, yeah, I'm certainly in the same camp as well. Foz Daddy, um, bring it home. What what did you learn from season 2019? Uh, the first thing I learned was James Warple is the greatest to ever do it. Uh, he's just a gun and I'll, I'm so keen to see how he goes next year with um, Tom Mitchell and Steve Canelio. Sorry, Lek. Um, the second thing is, you know, it's been a learning year for for me as a super coach player. There's been situations that you just don't want to face, but um, you'll be better for the run now that you've se- you've seen them and and ready up for next year. So, um, Josh Dunkley is one example. You know, some people have traded him out like Lek at the start of the season after a slow fortnight, but he's blossomed into one of the top midfielders in the competition now, um, and he'll probably be one of the first selected for a lot of people next season. Um, and another thing is just you obviously want to avoid those injury-prone players, such as you know, Josh Kelly. Uh, he's never been able to play a full season, that I can remember anyway. Um, and he is a magnificent player, but you can't select an Uber premium and then sit him on the bench for six weeks of the year. Yeah. I, I feel like you're you're very um, abruptly subtweeting one Nathaniel Fife as well. Is Hold is up! Fife... Hold up. Hmm, Yes. Fife hasn't played every game this year, but he hasn't missed an extended period of time. Well, that, Previously, that when he has been out, it has been for, for more than one week. 
Well, that was what I was going to ask. We know that Fife sort of, you know, it doesn't have those Josh Kelly, you know, long-term issues of doing a, a hamstring or a calf or something. But Fife still shows that he'll miss one with concussion because of the way he plays. He'll occasionally get suspended. Um, he, you know, he doesn't put a, a full season together often. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I, I don't think he's done it more than once off the top of my head. Um, and I'm sure Damo will jump in and correct me any second now. No, you're right. He's only done it... He's only played 21 games as his most amount of games ever in a season. So, Foz, if I can throw that back to you there, looking at someone like Nat Five, who you know will be in that top, you know, top eight averaging players and, and probably in the top eight scoring players, regardless of, uh, you know, if he misses sort of the two or three each year, are you going to look to avoid him until he's missed those games? Or, or are you going to, to start someone like Fife? anyway i reckon it's all about moderation for me i think it's really good to have a handful of players who are going to play every week and that aren't injury prone um so people like mccray and you got um who else is there that you can say i mean bond's pretty good and Lockie neal didn't miss a game this year so there are, you know there are definitely premiums that you can chuck in there and, and lock away for the year um but blokes like nat five are just so supremely talented that you just have to have them in there despite the fact he may miss a week or two with a concussion or a suspension. Um, the real derailing issue comes when you pick a player like Josh Kelly, who has a history of calf injuries and is on the sidelines for four to six weeks a year. Uh, they're the sort of players that you can't afford to have on your side if you want to remain competitive, even though you could argue that he's just as good as a five for a danger field type player. I'll just jump, I'll just jump on the back of that before we tie this one up, Patchy Boy. I think... One thing that I didn't really think about this year, the way to think about Supercoach, in my opinion, is you're thinking about the total points production by the end of the year. You're looking at these total points, the players that are going to give you the most total points across the year. I focused too much this year on the week to week and trying to get... This sounds counterintuitive. I focused too much on getting as many points on the park in one round as opposed to thinking about the whole year. So I moved players that I probably shouldn't have moved just so I wouldn't have a zero on the field um, in round 12. But if I hadn't made that trade and had, in, for instance, just kept Fife for the game he missed, um, I would have been better off overall because he just has so much more output across the entire year. So you're really trying to get as... It's very simple, right? Total points across the year as you possibly can. Fife still fits into that bracket because he scores so much and he does miss a couple of games, but he overcomes that with his scores of 130. If you're a league player, maybe it's a different point of view, but a Josh Kelly misses simply too much footy. I think you can miss one or two here if you're still averaging 120-plus points a game. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair enough. Um, the, the, I'll just very j- briefly jump in with mine, you know, echoing all of the, the points you guys have brought up, but one thing I... Uh, that was driven home for me this year was while I looked at the buyers to start my side and I made sure that that was all lined up and, and in order. I went through about four weeks forgetting to to plan my trade-ins around buyers and then had bought in Josh Kelly, uh, sorry, T- Tim Kelly rather, and one other player from that round 12 buy. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head and it just stuffed me up um, before I'd realized that I'd done it. So yeah, no, you've got to be aware of the buyers the whole way through until they happen not simply at the start of the year and then when the buyers turn up, which again may sound simple and is something a lot of people will know and a lot of people will do. I just forgot it this year. I don't know how it just happened. Um, Very quickly to wrap this up, I'm going to go round um, west to east again and we're just going to say 
Hail Marys, one player you think is going to explode next year. I haven't told you to prepare for this. This is all off the top of your head. Damo, who do you reckon is going to make the jump into Uber Primo in 2020? Andrew Brayshaw. Ooh, Andrew Brayshaw, talk to me. He's been, he's been playing a lot at half forward. His heat map looks remarkably similar to Ben Brown's, so he could get mid up mid forward status, and he'll be priced at about four hundred k. Most of his scores since about round sixteen, I would say, have been ninety plus. Interesting. No doubt we'll um we'll, we'll try to keep it quick because we are running out of time. Um, no doubt you'll do a pre-season article on him. Baron, 25 words or less, who do you reckon will go bananas next year and why? I currently have Harris Andrews from the Brisbane Lions going bananas uh, next year. Um, he's done okay this year, but he's uh, had a few injuries. So if he gets a clear run at it next year, I think he will be a top 10 defender. I love it. Foz Daddy, talk to me about James Warple, who I know will be your pick. Now, I can't select James Warple because he's already a premium player, but I will speak about one of his teammates, uh, Blake Hardwick. He's averaged just under 80 points a game this season. Um, he did start a lot a lot better than that. I had him in a draft league, and he averaged about 90 up until the bye, uh, but just fell away in the second half of the year as he as the season wore on. But he'll be a gun halfback. He'll you know, look, hopefully look to take over the reins a little bit more. Um, we we've had you know a few different blokes fly through there. So like Jack Scrimshaw to, uh, took a few of the rebounding roles until he got injured, and we've had you know a few other players like uh, Cram Birchall's been there in the last few seasons. But hopefully Blake Hardwick makes it his own now. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. Lek Dog, talk to me. Tim Taranto, Canelio to the Blues. You go, Patch. There we go. Love it. Um, Justin can. If Sean Higgins retires, I think Justin Kinn will slot straight into that role and average 100, 105 as hopefully still a forward. All right, community. Uh, thank you for tuning in all year. Keep keep an eye on the website. We're going to keep updating it with content as we go. Not as much content, obviously. And and keep an eye. We might throw a few podcasts up. There'll be a few live streams. Just bloody stay, stay in touch. Keep in touch. Uh, boys, I just want to thank you. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, and and to everyone who's not in the chat right now, to to Kev and and um, Staddy Maddie, uh, thank you very much for contributing all year. We love you, and we couldn't do it without you. And community, thank you to you for all of your support. Uh, you you make us want to do this each and every week, and we we love doing it. So thank you very much, and to you, Patch, my love, um, you are my rock, my sun, and my moon. Uh, oh, I love you. You are my you are my role. To the rock. Go Blues. Get it? Good luck in your grand finals community. <laughs> <laughs>